0: And I'm like oh yeah blah 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 like how was your drive home in the snow he's like I left here at 4 15 I didn't get home till 10 30. <gasps> 10 fucking 30. Where does he live? He lives in Langley but like that's six hours there's nowhere on this like in the lower mainland that should take you six hours to get to. No. And like when Terrence didn't come in for dinner the other night mm-hmm. like that was nine hours on the highway people are like it is woefully ill handled it's like all of my coworkers who are from calgary most of them are like calgary edmonton and they're like why is everyone having a freak out like with like the small amount of like flakes and snow it's like no no you guys don't realize like it's like and yes i'm saying to this as someone who has had like a full meltdown while having to drive in the snow oh um throwback to last christmas yeah horrifying um also, update on our bald season tires. Turns out they're great. Oh. I was, like, roasting Blake, and he's like, no, honey, I checked. They're mud and snow. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm really glad. Thank God. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that a lot this week, actually. I was just like, oh, God. I know. What's going to happen? No, seems like we're fine. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's brutal out there. And now... I don't know. And, like, the ice, like, and snow wasn't even cleared from the paths and everything. Like, walking to work the first day after, Mm. I was like, oh, like, I'm fine. I'm an adult lady who can, like, manage myself. I'm fine. But I was thinking, and I've been very conscious of this (laughs) since my mom broke her leg, Mm. about, like, how things are just not very accessible. And, like, the way Mm. that we interact with, like, like... Maintenance of the city and that sort of thing is not like helpful for people with any sort of mobility concerns. Especially considering like the way that Vancouver views itself as mm-hmm. like a a very accessible city, accessible and like inclusive. It's like no, 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 It's, no. it's not in the slightest. Like good fucking luck to any of the motherfuckers. Like, for, frankly, like good luck if you have like any sort of concerns walking, just getting from my house to the nearest coffee shop. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah, like Elsie mm-hmm. was fucking crying by the end of it one day she's like i want to get out and like walk around i'm like yeah we should and she was in so much pain at the end because it's Mm. so uneven Mm. on the ground that like every single like little step or roll with your little like wheelie scooter thing Mm. is just such a hellish nightmare and then i was talking to jerry and she was like i was watching this like old old man try and get up the street from Mm. uh Harlow to like a butte and it was completely iced and thank goodness there was somebody there who was like clearing a path and saw this man and like yeah. went and cleared something for him, but like how are people getting out? She like literally told Dono she's like you have to stay home like it's too dangerous, mm-hmm. which is insane. Again, it's like this much snow. I know. Well, and this and then like the ice like my. I was walking to work yesterday, just, like, outside of my building, and mm. there was a sign that was, like, watch out for falling ice, and, like, and it makes sense now because there was, like, I kept hearing, like, crashes, and I was, like, what the heck is that? Oh like, someone doing work on the God. roof? It's, like, no. It is, like, huge, like, sheets, like, f- four by four oh feet my God. sheets of ice, like, slipping off, and when I was coming home yesterday, I could see that, like, half, like, off the edge of my, like, roof. <laughs> like, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's crazy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, Fuck, uh, someone's going to get beaned by that. I know. Good lord. At least there's an awning, so I think I'm, I'm safe. But well, I hope so. Well,
1: you oh know where gosh. they wouldn't
0: have this problem? Where? In California. <laughs> Excellent segue. Thank what are we you. talking about today? Well, first of all, welcome to Pantry Stables, everybody. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods and also weather concerns from our very specific locale. Yeah, because we're a hundred years old yep um i'm marika <laughs> and i'm emily and today i'm going to regale us all with the tale of the california roll oh incredible the segue just perfection <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i'm really gunning for queen of Segways. Mm. um i yeah <laughs> uh okay let's start by Do you have a a first memory of eating sushi? Yes, I do, actually. I think I was probably, like, eight years old, seven Mm -hmm. or eight, and we went to the sushi restaurant that is no longer there in Tawasin. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember what it's called, but I vividly remember what it looks like inside. Mm -hmm. And we, like, sat at, like, I feel like maybe this is wrong, but this is how I remember it, Mm -hmm. is we sat along, like, a little bar seating along the window, me and my mom and Allie, and had sushi, and I just remember being like, this slaps. <laughs> like, I'm into this. Yeah, I was very into it. And I remember eating so much and it was so full. And then at the end, I was just like picking up the little individual rice greens mm. and just being like, this is so much fun. Like, I was obsessed. Yeah, I feel the same. It's like, I don't think it was my first time having sushi, but. Uh... My mom and my sister and I, because apparently, like, my dad had in his head that he didn't like sushi. Oh. He's since come around. But yeah, I he, would hope so. I know. very weird. He's like, no. Um, but we would go to, there's, like, a place in White Rock that I'm not sure still exists. It mm. might not anymore. It was, like, in a house. And you'd oh. go upstairs. And it was, like, very, like, it seemed, like, traditional. Like, you had to take your shoes off. Like, you mm. sit in, like, the little, like, booths. I love that. And, like, we'd go, like, usually after, like, I had, like, ballet class or something. I'm sorry, but you 100% were a ballerina, (laughs) and I'm sure I've told you that I quit ballet after two days because I didn't get a tutu immediately, and I was so (laughs) butthurt about it. I was, like, barely a... Sophie was more of a ballerina. I was in, like, various dance classes for, like, brief Mm. amounts of time, and I was, like, pretty good, but all the other girls in my classes were also taking like seven other different and we're just like this is my life yeah and i was like sorry that i'm also taking like hockey and figure skating and swimming lessons and acting classes so like i don't have time to do like (laughs) i'm not (laughs) obsessed with it like you weirdos no no that's very funny yes i heard the dilettante um so yeah so we'd go there and then and that was like lovely Mm -hmm. and like the quality was good i'm pretty sure from what I remember. I feel as a like child. There's just excellent quality sushi everywhere in like the mm. lower mainland. Like I feel like you have to really struggle to get a bad piece of sushi here. Truly. Mm. Yes. My I will God. get to that. Mm. Sorry. On page four. <laughs> my apologies, <laughs> please continue. Um and then we would also like again, weird that my dad was like, I don't like sushi. We would often have like we my my dad would make sushi for like Christmas Eve. I feel like there was like a number of years where we would we would have Sushi. But like after he realized he liked it, right? No. Same time period. What? I don't know. Huh. I can't explain it. Weird. Yeah. Alright, well that's yeah, okay. Tracks. Do you recall eating a California roll in your first? Obviously. Sushi? Yeah. Yeah, like that was definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Did you have a California roll? No, never. Yeah, I was gonna say never. No. Hmm. That there, would be weird. There have been times where I'm like, it's fake crab, but that doesn't mean again, as we will get to. Yeah. That it's not fish product. It's Pollock, isn't it? Oh. Oh no, okay. I I gotta stop jumping ahead. (laughs) No, I love it. Um, Okay, so I'm obviously in classic Marika fashion. Not going to talk about the actual California roll for like pages. (laughs) Yep. We got many things to do before we get there. Because on this road to a staple of fusion cuisine, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start with a very brief history of sushi. Ah, delightful. And we're back with apocryphal tales, because of course we are. Of course. Um, so yes, we're going back to the fourth century. Lovely. Yeah. So the wait, fol- BCE or CE? Uh, CE. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, just trying to get the visuals right. You know. Of course, of course. So it's it's Japan. It's the fourth century. There's uh, the folkloric origins of sushi. Tell of an old woman who was afraid thieves would take her food, so she. <laughs> why are laughing at this poor woman's plight. yep sorry so she hid uh pots of rice in an osprey nest cute sure it's like you know maybe there's other i guess it's high up whatever i love ospreys i feel like they're a very fun bird agreed Mm -hmm. like the birds they're very fun like an underrated raptor truly (laughs) anyways please continue um later she went back to collect her pots and she noticed that not only had the rice begun to ferment while sitting in the sun but scraps of fish aka the osprey and its baby's lunch had fallen into the pots (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but because a person who's, like, hiding rice in bird's nests is clearly not one to waste food, she tasted the fermented rice and fish mixture and found it was pretty tasty, not to mention a great way to extend the life of seafood. And sushi was born. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, per- that's... That's the mythic tale. And perhaps that is how one person figured out that fish wrapped in fermenting rice can be preserved. um, But with the help of lactobacillic acid and salt. So basically like it's pickled rice. Yeah. Um, But in terms of a written record... We see a Chinese dictionary. Wait, then, sorry, where was the? Uh, mm. How are we getting that tale? Then is that like recorded in like a folklore? Is that like something that's passed down and is just like word of mouth? If that's not the written record, then oh yeah, I think that's just like like a folklore kind of thing. And mm. it's I I didn't see where it was from. Everyone was just mm. like, "This is what people say," but it's clearly uh, fake. Yeah. Um, but yes, so that's that's like the. Just like the oral tradition of it, but yeah. then there's the written record, which so in sorry. yeah, so written record, um, it's a Chinese dictionary because the thing with Japan is that it's so influenced by Chinese mm-hmm. culture. Um, so there's a Chinese dictionary that specifically described this process as early as 300 CE, mm-hmm. so we're still in the fourth century, yeah. Um, it is. It is thought that this pickled fish with rice concept of sushi was brought to Japan around the 9th century and was popularized by the spread of Buddhism because Buddhists don't eat, like, meat. meat. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking. Yeah, so, again, who's to say if, like, this, like, it was an old woman that figured this out first, but basically by 9th century. Well, I'm sure it was just, like, a bunch of old women simultaneously figuring this yes, out. Yes, of course. <laughs> They're all trying to hide their rice and fish from thieves. The fucking birds must have been so confused. Yeah, like, Yeah, I feel like birds can't eat rice. I think it's probably very bad for them, isn't it? I told you about the time when I saw a seagull eating Cheerios and then throwing them all up at Granville Island when I was a kid. And I was so upset by it. I was just like, why are people feeding them Cheerios? It can't work. I've told you about the time that I saw a seagull drowning a pigeon at Granville Island. No. Oh, my God. It's my most like, yeah, act- yeah. <laughs> like actively drowning pigeon. Oh my god, I mean, good for them. Pigeons are terrorists. Are seagulls much better though? No, but I feel like they're less available. <laughs> I've also told you by theory that they are the bird of Saskatchewan. Yes. Anyways, Everyone's please continue. Oh my goodness. Okay, so this early, um, like, 9th century sushi situation was called Nare Zushi with a Z or aged sushi. Mmm, intriguing. The first Nare zushi was made with golden carp like the first like purposeful whatever um and it took six months to reach full fermentation so it was only available to the upper classes interesting by the 15th century japan was in the middle of a civil war and because people were kind of busy they (laughs) didn't always have the time to fully pickle their fish but they quickly discovered that it didn't actually matter that much so we uh we come up with mama nare sushi or raw aged sushi. Oh, interesting. So it's like, like a quick pickle, like not, yeah, not as fermented. Um, and then we, when you're in a pickle. Oh. You do a quick pickle. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. Yes. Uh, so then we're just going to yada, yada, yada to the 1820s. Okay. And like, that's kind of just what people were doing. They're like sort of like half fermenting their stuff. Like the rice is kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a guy named Hanaya Yohei, and he moves to Edo, which was the big booming city at the time. It was Edo for whatever. Edo? Know. I Edo? have no idea. I don't know. No, no, I, Lord knows I'm not the one to play to pronounce <laughs> things. Edo Edo, which will later become Tokyo. Mm. Um, Yohei decided to open up his own sushi stall, which is what people Q. were doing, like little like yeah. carts. But he put a modern twist on it. He added rice vinegar and salt to fresh rice and let it sit for a few minutes. So again, he's he's just a quick pickle. He's a quick pickler. Um, <laughs> he served this quick fermented rice um, as a little hand-pressed ball topped with slices of raw fish caught fresh from the bay, which was conveniently located right by his stall. Very nice. Sound like anything that we know today? Oh, I think that might sound like a little nigiri. Nigiri. Yes. And people were obsessed with this. Yeah. Duh. Like, because it was tasty and took minutes rather than like hours or days or even months to make. They're just like, let's go. It's like literally fast food. Ugh. I've often thought that fast food, like drive throughs should be just sushi and french fries. Those are the only things I ever want fast food What is? I love it. Yeah. Why not? So soon there were sushi carts abound. Um... And like everyone was doing the the yohei method, mm-hmm. um, but there's one more step that we need to get to our like, modern form of sushi, and that is the Great Kanto Earthquake of 1923. Oh no! Which was terrible for Tokyo. Yeah. But great for sushi vendors because land prices dropped enough that they could afford to buy brick and mortar storefronts. Oh, interesting. And move sushi from like outside like little carts to indoor like actual restaurants. Huh refrigeration. That's really cool. Refrigeration also helped later. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So how do we get the California rule? Tell me all about it. Not yet. (laughs) Rude. First, I'm going to get sushi to North America. Okay. All right. So how did sushi become a thing outside of Japan? i could basically i'm sure someone's written like an entire globalization discourse on i'm this, sure but, that like this is a phd topic <laughs> right weird. here yes um but so okay here are some short answers uh world war ii and japan's economic boon and subsequent homogenization of culture with a trend toward the urban mm, okay yes Makes the sense. bubble as they called it yep so yes urban and everything's so s- always about world war ii these days <laughs> it's never never not <sighs> oh i'm so done if i have to hear about world war Two one more time i swear to god you're gonna have to quit this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and just like life in general yeah please continue um yeah so sushi is like a very it's a it's a city food yeah and makes sense yeah um industrialization refrigeration obviously mm-hmm. long haul air travel so like we can mm-hmm. actually get fresh fish to mm-hmm. i don't know Saskatchewan. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Also, and this is super interesting, there's a new uh, domesticated medium grain rice crop oh. that they come up with in the 1960s. Interesting. Which gives sushi rice the clumpability. Thank you for using that word. Thank you. To stick to chopsticks and make uh, nice little fish beds. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? That is so wild. Like, I never think about how... I mean, obviously we do talk about fair bit about how um, like crops like like our monocrops and the way that Mm -hmm. everything's like been modified and Mm -hmm. all of that. But the fact that then that has like very specific consequences for like. Yeah, that is really interesting. Huh. And weird that it's as late as the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, I guess they... I mean, that is the time when it feels like things like that are happening the most, but, like, the fact that they were just, like, having rice that wasn't clumpable for sushi seems strange, but... I guess that that's probably why, like, it was more, like, fermenty before. Mm -hmm. Like, they weren't using... Yeah, it would clump up then. Yeah, like, now you can... I don't know. Hmm, interesting. And also, I think it makes sense, like, if it's happening... If that's happening in Japan, like, that's when Japan has more money and more... Mm -hmm. Like, they can... Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. That's the theme of 2023, by the way. Oh, clearly. Yeah. All right. The first successful sushi restaurant in North America was Kawafuku in Los Angeles. It served traditional nigiri and was popular with Japanese businessmen. Cute. I know. Who then um, introduced it to their American colleagues. Aw. Then we have Osho. Mm-hmm. Which was an, uh, an LA sushi restaurant in the '70s that really went for the celebrity market. That's cute, as they should. Yeah, and that's kind of the same thing that we saw with like Thai food, where it yeah. becomes that like hip. It's like ooh, like very fashionable, mm-hmm. and obviously, celebrity seating sushi is like gonna it's push a it thing over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then we get the '80s with Japanophilia. <laughs> Ugh, yes. Oh yes, no. yes, we've got our Sony Walkmans. Oh <laughs> yes. And sushi is able to play into <clears throat> another, like, 80s America favorite, which is rich elitism. Ugh, the 80s loved that. Yeah, it's the yuppie dream. Ugh, yes. <laughs> it's worth noting that from 1977 to 1980, so in three years, the number of sushi bars in Southern California alone jumped from 39 <laughs> to 116. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone and their dog opened up a sushi restaurant. Basically, the New York Times article that I read for this uh, mentions that a sushi chef was interviewed by the Washington Post in 1989, and he longed for the days when customers asked for a knife and fork because now oh. he was suffering from sushi elbow. His restaurant was too busy. That's so funny. Oh, that poor man and his poor elbow. It's like, Ugh, all these stupid white people are too into it now. Oh, my God, yeah. Um yes, sushi so was hip and elite along with the color peach and racquetball according to a 1981 survey. Oh my god. <laughs> that really does paint a picture, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Peach, oh, horrible. I know. Horrible color. <laughs> oh, I did we skip the peach in the 80s? Like in like the revival of styles? Yeah, I feel like it's sort of there, but not 100%. Yeah, I think it's coming. Ba- it's not coming back, is it? I hope not. It's much in the same as like the 70s. Everyone refuses to acknowledge how fucking brown they were. Brown, orange, and avocado. <laughs> and it's like, thank you for like leaving the brown behind. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, and then the 90s was the brown too. Everyone is obsessed with brown back in the day. It's a horrible color. I mean, but now everything's just white, which... I know you like. I don't dislike. I'm we're staring at my literally like the color of this wall could be asylum white. Um it's technically gallery wall white but mm. I know that secretly it's Asylum white Asylum. I am thinking of, like, I'm pretty committed to painting my bedroom green, by the way. Nice, I love it. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna, it's, cause I was looking at my prayer plant that I put in there, and it, the purple of the leaves matches so perfectly with the, like, the stain on the bed. And mm. then I was like, oh, the dark green on the leaves matches with the chair that's in here, and then I'll just do the light green, and that's gonna look so nice. So that's, I'm almost committed to it. I love it. Thank you. I'll help you paint. Oh, that would be so nice, actually. <laughs> Oh, we should do that between Christmas and New... No, you're not even around. Uh, I hate your life. Get away. (laughs) Um, Okay, yes. So then... So that's the 80s, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, everything... Then it's just normalized. And sushi Mm -hmm. quickly morphs um, and is soon found in baseball stadiums as ballpark food. This is, like, literally a thing. They were like... Oh, my God, really? Yeah. I love that. Uh, Like, the Dodgers or whatever. They're like, yeah, we just serve sushi. Like, hot dogs and sushi. (laughs) again that's the american dream right there yeah Yeah. and then grocery stores after yeah the one grocery store in the world where you can actually get good sushi is the thrifties in tawasin because they hand roll that shit for you right there (laughs) it's not like sitting out all day i remember (laughs) that was like a core memory as a kid though like we Mm. would go there and get like sushi rolls for our lunches and they would just like make them right there it was so nice and the ladies who did it were just so sweet yeah they're not there anymore they still roll them, but those specific ladies are not there. It's been a while. Yeah, like 20 years. That's fine. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Now we'll talk about California rolls. finally. <laughs> Two thirds in. Um, okay. What is a California roll and why do we care? Um, I think it's fitting that the California roll is a type of uramaki. Uramaki? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or inside out roll because it is, in many ways, a twist around version of of ur-sushi. Er hmm. On California roll, the vinegared sushi rice forms the outside of the roll, mm-hmm. which is filled with a nori sheet, cucumber, avocado, and real or more often imitation crab. Mm-hmm. The outside is usually topped with uh, sesame seeds and or tobiko or masago, which are flying uh, fish or kaplan roe, respectively. Mm. If you're going to be in Japan, the... It's the the Nori's on the outside, typically. So this is... And there's a reason we'll get to that one in in a bit, too. Mm. Can I do a sidebar on Imitation Crab now? Yes, please. Because I've always had so many questions. Yes, who doesn't? So you thought that it's... I think it's Pollock a lot of the time, isn't it? Is that's a fish? Yeah. Yes. It's like a little tiny one, I think. Mm-hmm. I, for the record, went through a phase like two years ago where I just had imitation crab meat in my fridge at all times as a snack. Like I would wake up or like I'd be about to go to bed. It would be like m- midnight or whatever. And I'd just be like, I have a little like craving for something. And I would go and I would just eat pieces of imitation crab out of the fridge like a fucking lunatic. It was great. I should go back to doing that because I miss it. You might change your mind when I tell you how oh, it's made. No. <laughs> Okay. Continue. Um, okay. So imitation crab, also called surimi, surimi is a paste made from fish or other random meats. All right. And uh, it can be sold in many different shapes, colors, and textures. But most often is made to mimic lobster or crab. Yep, Makes sense. Okay. But like, if you're in like, I don't think they export it as much here, but like in Asian cultures, there's like you can get like surimi to be, like, chicken. You can get surimi. to be, like... Oh, interesting. Like, like, different... Many different types of meats. Like, it's not just crab. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's just mostly crab, I guess, because that's hard, it's harder to ship... Chicken ...actual meat. king crab, or... Yeah, and makes ...and, like, sense. cheaper. So it is sold as crab with a K. <laughs> or mock crab in the U.S. Um, but in most other countries, it has to be called seafood sticks. Oh, my God, I love Seafood that. highlighter... Or seafood extender. <laughs> oh. Because of false advertising laws. Interesting. I, I don't know why seafood extender is so hilarious That's so me. good. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So how is it made? Because it's super gross. <laughs> also, I feel like I just want to declare right now that you are not going to turn me off of this completely because I clearly do not have any qualms about eating disgusting things. Like, I will happily eat a hot dog and, like, just any of the nasty yeah. things this will not change me that's fine okay, that's go. fine good i mean i'm not trying to i mm. i just enjoy learning how like gross things are made. yeah truly Ugh. like the margarine mm. oh <laughs> throwback <laughs> um okay so i won't eat that actually continue <laughs> i'll eat margarine i don't give a shit oh no i think that's a culture anyways yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so lean meat mm-hmm. from whatever animal or fish you're using is minced And rinsed numerous times to eliminate any of the like actual original flavors and odors. The rinsed meat is then beaten and pulverized (laughs) to form a gelatinous paste, which is mixed with additives such as egg white, starch, salt, vegetable oil, soy protein, etc. in order to achieve the desired texture and flavor horrifying yes according to the u.s uh department of agriculture uh national Tr- nu- nutrient database mm. fish surimi must contain about 76 <laughs> percent water sorry i thought you were gonna say 76 percent fish and i was just like interesting interesting okay <laughs> no 76 there's no fish often like mm. it's just it could be anything it could be like they could be giving me chicken mm. interesting or like if I look at the back of a package of, like, imitation crab, though, and it says, like, pollock or whatever, like, yeah. should I trust that that's actually what's in it? Yeah, I mean, they can't lie. They can't I mean, literally lie and just be like, yeah, this is, like, it's about looking at the packaging. And I imagine, like, prop like probably for, like, the ones that are mimicking fish mm-hmm, products. They would use fish. They're going to use a fish. Yeah, like, exactly. they wouldn't use chicken or... That would be a horrible horrifyingly insane thing total side note chicken of the sea chicken of the sea oh jessica simpson you really did us so many favors with that one um yesterday like just in terms of like people just not disclosing what the fuck's mm. in things yesterday I'm at tea Vansha and they're like oh we have these like little pastries and I'm like what are in them and they're like it's uh like purple yams and I was like oh sick like bring me one of those so we get them I like bite into it and I'm like this is nothing but peanuts like mm. nothing but peanuts and so the woman comes over and she's like they're good right and I'm like yeah yeah totally good and then Alex goes well what's in these and she's like oh yeah purple yams and Alex's like yeah peanuts and she's like oh yeah like maybe one or two but like not too many and then I'm like bitch this was nothing but peanuts. Like we had a great time, and there's no issue. But I'm like, you could have killed someone today, lady, like dead, killed someone yeah dead. But again, you know how I feel. Like if you have an allergy, you must disclose. Also, you must just like never leave your house, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, anyway, sorry. Okay. So what is doubt. what is the breakdown of sorami? It is has to be 76% water, mm-hmm. 15% protein, 6.85% carbohydrate, <laughs> and 0.9% fat. So okay. And then it's just like a little stick. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Honestly, I'm gonna go get some today. <laughs> like you haven't you haven't shaken me too much. Alright, that's fine. I feel like rereading this, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not as bad as I was initially thinking. I, I think th- it's the gelatinous paste that really the verbiage on that. And the rinsing. Yeah, the rinsing. I don't know why it rinsed meat. <laughs> It's like when Paris Hilton was making a steak on her cooking show and mm. she was just, like, rinsing it off. And you're just like, why are you doing that? Just don't. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. So the California roll. It's from California, right? No. <laughs> fake news. Well, <laughs> I mm, no, it probably is. But like most famous restaurant-related foods, there are a number of chefs who claim to have invented mm-hmm. the Cali roll. Um, it was first mentioned by name in print – in 1979, mm-hmm. uh, we have an Associated Press article who, that credited Kef... Kef? Chef Ken. <laughs> hmm Kef. Kef. Kef Souza of <laughs> Kinjo Sushi in Hollywood with its invention. Okay. Uh, but there are some claims that a proto-California role was in the works as early as the 1960s. Oh, interesting. We have Chef Ichiro Mashita, mm-hmm. who ran uh, Tokyo Kai Can, also in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he claims that he made a roll with avocado and crab as a replacement for Toro tuna, hmm. which he couldn't get in the off season. Interesting. And it's like it seems. It makes sense. Does it make sense to use? crab and avocado is like yeah that's tuna i just feel like anyone will do anything these days it's true and those days true and i guess it's also the 60s so they're like i don't know (laughs) again fuck around and find out is the name of the game truly it's like the era of jello salads so what do we know um so if true this original version would have been very different from what a california roll looks like today Mm -hmm. he was using actual king crab legs Oh, wow. Cubed avocado and ginger, mm. and making like more of a hand roll. Interesting, yeah. Um, and then, but then he's saying that then they played around, and then it became more, yeah, like what it is. Uh, he also says that he and his staff invented inside-out rolls to appeal to Americans who were turned off by the idea of eating seaweed. Ugh. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, it's the '60s, but still, people would apparently peel off the nori sheets and just eat the insides. That's so dumb. It's so dumb. People are it's so uh, crazy too cuz like now we have literal seaweed snacks that you can buy and like everybody's obsessed with those. Yeah. Ugh, it's just like white people, truly. <laughs> and there's also a Vancouver connection yes. because of course there is. Mhm. Also, it's like speaking of Vancouver with sushi. Mm. I read an article and it was like from 2014, so I'm sure things are different. Mm. But it said that there are over 600 sushi restaurants in Metro Vancouver. That tracks. Honestly, I thought it would be higher. I mean, I'm sure it's higher now, but that means that it's 10% of all Vancouver restaurants are sushi restaurants. Again, that seems low. It seems, yeah. Like, that makes total sense. You can't walk down a block without seeing a sushi restaurant. Which, thank God, I want so many options always. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying when you're in a sushi dead zone the worst. And it's like, it's funny because it seems like there'll be like four all right next to each other Mm -hmm. and then none forever. And you're like, what? What the hell's going on around here? And like, you know what else I find very nice is the fact that even in the burbs, there's so much sushi, like growing up in Tuwasan, which is the whitest place in the entire universe. There are so many sushi. I feel like, okay, let me count them off the top of my head. There's like, I think there was like eight or nine Mm -hmm. growing up in like a small town. That was, I'm pretty sure, 75% of the restaurants in that town. Yeah. Like, that's a ridiculous percentage-wise. And, like, just the ratio is insane. But, like, thank God. Thank God. I know. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect snack. It is. Um, okay. So, look at us. White ladies loving sushi. Please continue. <laughs> Hidekazu Tojo mm-hmm. of the eponymous Tojo's restaurant mm-hmm. claims to have single-handedly invented the California roll, interesting, with all of the inside-out crab, avocado, cucumberness of its modern form, which seems like <sighs> anyway, people be saying things. It's just it's a classic. It's it's like the the chef. It's like yeah, I did it all by myself, and I'm the genius. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so death he and- to the cult of the chef. Sorry. <laughs> He insists that the name was originally C.A. Roll, an abbreviation of the ingredients. Crab avocado. No, I know. but I'm just like, the car roll? C.A. Um, and because C.A. is the acronym for California, he was like, well, let's just call it the California Roll. Because it's such a coincidence. It's That's so funny. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh. Um, yes and that sounds very fun but it seems highly unlikely highly unlikely eh you know what let's give it to him let's just start like really beating that rumor and like yeah it's 100% absolutely it. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. massive commitment to him massive commitment you know I. it could be possible again you know yeah. just different places you know coming up with similar things maybe he'd had again things all happen all at the same time exactly it's just he's the modern day osprey <laughs> Yes, yes, he is. Mm. Tojo was named a Goodwill Ambassador for Japanese cuisine in 2016. Aww. So we'll give him that, I guess. That's really cute, actually. <laughs> uh, California Roll's rise to prominence really took off in the 1980s, of mm-hmm. course, um, but in 1980, it was featured in Gourmet magazine. Oh. Uh, its popularity is credited with its ability to ease diners into more exciting or ethnic sushi options. Mm-hmm. It's fusion, baby. (laughs) Woohoo! And it's spun many variations and adaptations, uh, like the Crazy Boy Roll, (laughs) which is basically a deep fried California roll. Often also with the addition of cream cheese. I don't love a cream cheese in my sushi. I don't. I don't hate it. There's a, yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, but it's just not my, my cup of tea. It's, it's, at that point, it's not sushi. No. Uh, the California roll has also been reverse imported back to Japan. <laughs> where it's called California or cashew maki. Cashew maki, That's cute. Yeah. And that's, oh, uh, that. there it is. That's this roll. I love it. Yeah. Ugh, God bless. Well, the real question is now, mm. what is your typical sushi order? Oh. Um. Mm, what is my typical sushi order? Uh, pretty much always, like, some kind of, like, avocado mm. involving roll, whether that be, like, a yam tempura that has avocado mm. on it. Always a gomai. Oh, you gotta have the gomai. Gotta That's have my fave. Um, and then it kind of depends. Like, I'll do, like, sometimes I really crave, like, an oshinko roll, like the pickle. Mm. Which is pretty nice. That is good. If there's anything that has, like, ume plum and shiso, mm. which is really good, it's, like, the salted plum, and then, like, the shiso is, like, kind of, like, a minty i literally have never had that that sounds so good it's harder to find which is why if i do see it on them i'm like oh yeah that's what i want interesting Mm -hmm. where do you get that usually i can't even think Mm. that place on granville has it oh okay Mm. Mm, i like that place yeah perry and i have been going Mm. to hello nori like yes. we've been a couple of times oh my god I'm obsessed they're all hand rolls it's so cute mm-hmm. there and they do like they have um like hot water that they pour on little like expanding t- like little uh hand cloths that you do first cute. which I'm like I love thank mm-hmm. you I do want to wash my hands before I sit down yes and then you just like sit there and watch as they like hand roll their sushi for you and it's so nice and I feel like Perry's number one thing is always that she gets a chopped scallop it's like her barometer for like testing how good a <laughs> sushi place is interesting and I feel like mine is always a spicy tuna but I feel like I've been off spicy tuna recently which is weird Hmm. yeah They have a truffle lobster one that's so good what yeah really good talk about fusion yeah truly (laughs) but it does slap i can't help it i'm not mad at fusion fusion's allowed yeah i also just always kind of want a cucumber roll yeah it's just sometimes it's just really all you want and it's just like it's a good like a vehicle for wasabi Mm -hmm. and the ginger oh my god this is the other thing about helenori is that these people give you so much ginger nice they just like they fill a little dish up and then i immediately eat it all and then they come around and are like here's some more nice and they just keep filling her up that's it's it's really good that's good blake and i did go to this one place near like in kits mm. that has like actual like fresh wasabi mm, nice it was so good it's like not like that kind of like spicy mustardy like it still yeah. has spice but it's it's more like it's yeah. more horseradishy and like oh, a good an idea so good and like bright green <sighs> yes mm-hmm. yes yes oh i love that mm-hmm. oh my goodness well what an incredible tale <laughs> a tale that spans the years and the countries and the collective insanity of many people as as it should like a true as uh, what we hope for in a pantry staples truly (laughs) Uh, well i suppose we should wrap that up yeah should we Uh, roll it up (laughs) very good i've been unhinged with the, the bad puns this week <laughs> like <laughs> the worst no it's good all puns all the time Yeah. anyways uh we will talk to you soon thank yes. you so much um yes thank you for listening follow us on instagram at pantry staples pod rate right, review subscribe tell your friends tell your foes <laughs> yes please um and we'll uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks Bye-bye. Bye bye bye